Coming up on this special episode of Don't Panic, it's our year-end wrap-up episode where we talk about the top stories of 2014, recap our predictions from last year and see just how accurate they are, and we look forward towards 2015 and the stories we see big in the coming year. It's a great episode of Don't Panic, and it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 75, recorded December 22nd, 2014. On top stories, flashbacks, and bold predictions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this exciting edition of Don't Panic. You know, I say that every week, but most of the time I'm lying. I mean it this week. Uh, We have got a heck of an episode coming your way. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined by the past and the future of technology. Uh, they are here with us, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. Guys, how are we doing um, for our last live episode of 2014? Pretty good. Um, I have a fancy beverage tonight because, I don't know, to honor the occasion in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the two greatest things, the occasion and Colby's mouth. Yep, there yeah. you go. That's the episode title right there. As it should be. <laughs> in Colby's mouth. Perfect, perfect. So what's uh, anything new going on, guys? Um, you can go first, because I was just going to say, I don't know. <laughs> well, D- Dan's a bit of an... Dan, I think, I ask you every single week on the show, almost, do you guys have something to plug? And you guys know, never have so anything excited. to plug. So... I actually have something to plug today, but should we save it for the part where you actually ask me if I have something to plug? You can plug it twice. I'll let you plug it twice. So go ahead. Oh. Give give us the so, brief overview the right double now. Plug. The double plug. Uh, so it took a couple months, mostly because I had other things to do, and it turns out I'm not that organized. But I published a blog post. And I've published blog posts on my personal blog before, but no one reads them. So this time, I published it on my company's blog, where we have a captive audience of people. <laughs> it shows up in their inbox, and they just little do they know that it's just me who wrote it. Uh, so I wrote this blog post entitled, well, I'm going to read its original title because I think the original title was much, much better. And I think Sean's going to agree with me on this one. (laughs) Sean, did you see what the original title was? No, I didn't. Uh, The original title is going to be, we'll let any employee write and push code. Here's why. Uh, That's such link bait. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was written by a copy editor who also helped me a lot with the post, but he is a, a brilliant word craftsman. So anyways, we'll let any employee write and push code. Here's why. And uh, I'll do the whatever that what, Twitter account. I clicked it or let oh, me click I that. Saved you a click. Saved you a click. I'll do the saved you a click and tell you what it's about. So uh, basically at Etsy where I work, we've always had... Uh, and uh, support rotations where anyone who's not a support person dives in for a day and does support. And I think this actually might be something we got from uh, Zappos. Uh, Zappos is one of the big companies. Not that they're big, but they are well known for doing this also. And a bunch of other companies do this now. Uh, and it's great because you get to you know, see what the members are bothered about and you get to see what kinds of... Uh, in support incoming support the support people have to deal with which sometimes is just like oh well why don't we change the ask a question flow to say have you tried clearing your cookies or you know whatever it is and then we cut out 
20% of incoming volume. There's things like that have happened because engineers are like, oh, this is stupid, and then they just fix it. Uh, and it's kind of crazy that you need to do that, but it has other benefits. You get to know people, you work with people you've never met before. Uh, so we had the crazy idea last year, this past year, to do the reverse, to have uh, non-engineering people do engineering rotations, which sounds crazy. Uh, but to demystify the clickbait, they only put a picture to the company about page, which is like one line of HTML, which at worst breaks the about page. So it's not that terrifying. Uh, but a lot of the support people get the same benefits that we do. Uh, they get to, there's a great quote in here uh, from one of the participants. The best part about this program is that it pulls back the curtain on how software development works. For people who don't work with code every day, this can appear to be some sort of magic, which it's not. It's just a different kind of work with different kind of tools. Without this program, we would miss out on a huge opportunity for different groups to empathize with each other, which I think is crucial for a company to feel like a real team. And my favorite quote that we got from people who took the course were, was, the internet goes under the sea in a cable, whoa. <laughs> uh, so some of the things that surprised me about this, like things like that, things that I totally accept as facts, like the internet goes under the sea in the cable. Turns out, most people assume it goes over the air, just everywhere, that... You're, you're, it just goes over the air to some place outside your building and then it goes in through the cable into your modem. And uh, so to the idea that we are constantly laying undersea cables for the internet blew their minds. And then when they found out that these cables constantly had to be replaced because sharks eat them, which is a true fact. Sharks love undersea internet cables for reasons we don't entirely understand. Uh, and this costs companies like Google a lot of money. Anyways, it's just serendipitous things like that uh, were my favorite part of doing it. Uh, but anyways, you can read the blog posts about some of the more specific uh, benefits and stuff. I encourage everyone to try to start this at your place of work. Yeah, it's a super cool article. And as a non-tech person, I found it interesting just from the kind of business side of it. Um, it's very cool. I think... The best thing is everyone should just follow Dan on Twitter at JazzDan because he's going to post there whether it's on the company blog, his blog, or anyone's blog. He's going to put it there. Sure. So, at I'll, just keep, on Twitter. I'll just keep saying things. Yeah, and pe people are and listening apparently. Eventually I'll hit gold apparently. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> something we strive to eventually do on this show. Uh, let's continue on. Thank you, Dan, for that plug. Um, I thank all of <laughs> thank you, you out there for uh, for doing uh, being part of the show and watching us tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, when we do the show live Monday night on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you'll also get the audio, video, uh, and links to all of our social media sites and the places that host our content. Uh, and a quick plug of my own, the Don't Panic sticker contest lives on. Uh, this is the You're running out of time when it strikes midnight on uh, December 31st. You won't be able to enter anymore. So coffeeandbeer.tv slash giveaways. I will send you free stickers. So, and if you're a guest at a certain New Year's party, you might get these as a party favor. So, whoa! I'm just what? I'm, what Christmas party could it possibly be, Sean? Uh, you know what? I and I'm not at liberty. Christmas, to, I mean New Year's. Uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss. I don't think the the host wants me inviting the internet. So, um, <laughs> wait, he doesn't? Yeah, go figure. Um, <laughs> let's continue on. We've got a packed uh, episode uh, coming up for you tonight. We are doing our 2014 year in review, so we're going to talk about the biggest stories we each thought 
made up the news cycle in 2014, what our kind of takeaways from the year are. Um, and we're going to follow that up by looking back at our 2014 predictions and then our 2015 predictions. Let's start with our top story. Um, and we are going to have Dan Miller go first. Uh, I picked him at random. Dan, what, what was your oh. biggest story of 2014? Uh, so the biggest story in my mind is something that's still happening. But I think this was a theme that ran throughout the year. Uh, I called it the year of government and technology. So we've seen a lot of stories where the government's getting involved in technology in ways it never has before. I think this started in 2013 with Snowden, good old Eddie Snows, and his, uh, his leaked NSA documents. Uh, but it's continued through... Um, uh, net neutrality has been a big thing, and then recently, and throughout the year, this this great fear and growing reality of state-sponsored hacking. Uh, I think that this is only the beginning, and for better or worse, the government's going to keep uh, being way more involved in the technology sector than it ever has been. It's going to start trying to regulate the internet. It's going to start breaking up monopolies. I think. This isn't just the United States government either. If you look at the European Union and what it's a little bit nervous about Google around, I think that's probably going to uh, continue through next year. Uh, and the Spain, Spain, I don't know, recently blocked. Uh, no, they asked Google, the Spanish newspapers asked Google to remove all of their content from Google News. Unless or Google no, they could, only, they could only put... Yeah, unless they paid, unless Google paid for the privilege of linking to their content, so Google took it off. And all of these things are are happening that are are fascinating and a little bit terrifying when we look at like the North Korea stuff, which we should probably talk about today. And I'll sacrifice yeah, the rest so. of my slot maybe to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, my my uh, top story of the year was net neutrality and state sponsored hacking. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm glad you took the the political the political slot this year. I did it last year. <laughs> oh, I don't you want did. to seem like a loony or anything. A loony. That's no I one would ever I call think... you that, Colby. <laughs> yeah, you're the very picture of sanity. <laughs> um yeah, I would not be opposed to, to taking a quick time out to to discuss North Korea if there's a certain aspect of that, Dan, you wish to discuss. Uh, I just it's there's no way that anyone can prove that anyone did anything. There's just no way. So uh, all these news stories and then just like in the past hour, it feels like, although I wasn't really looking, but uh, like the New York Times published this article that, oh, the, the internet in North Korea is down. I bet oh, that's Obama's retaliatory strike. And it's like, no, it's probably down because they fucked it up. Like, they're not, <laughs> they're not very skilled operators. They have exactly one link going out of their country. The U.S. has dozens. Uh, and a, each of them goes down all the time. That's a, I think somewhere I read through that article and it mentioned that North Korea has like 1,024 IP addresses for mm -hmm. the whole country. Yep. Which is not a lot. It's not a lot of IP. That's a less than Marist College has. I was about to yes. say, I have more than that in my house. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think you're exactly right. It's it's a very complicated uh, subject, and there's really no clear answers on any single part of it. Um, yeah. There's no way to 
even even the most uh incompetent uh, like hacker and i hate that word uh in this scenario even the most incompetent would it would be difficult to trace them cuz what's the first thing you would do is you would go to you wouldn't do it from your house internet and if it's a north korean person they don't have internet in their house anyways so you know if the and then the next thing you do is you you go to the library or whatever and then you go to another computer and then you go to another one and the more secure you want to be the more computers you tunnel your connection through and it eventually reaches a point where it's almost impossible to trace all the way back because even if you can compromise those computers all of them and even if the hacker did nothing to eliminate that they were ever there which is very possible for instance destroy the computer after you've used it uh even if they did none of that the chances of you actually being able to trace it all the way back are so so small and it's so easy to make it exponentially harder just one more ssh just one more jump just take the hammer to one of those hard drives uh so it's impossible to prove yeah, I and the only way like, anyone ever gets caught is by doing something stupid, like talking about the fact that they did it. Right. I also feel like it's a. I mean, Sony was obviously caught off guard by this, right? So, like, I, I don't I think that's of, fair to say. Sony down for an entire month in 2010 or 2011. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I was gonna say like I I don't know that much about this stuff, but I I would imagine like if you're expecting something like this to happen, I don't know. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll uh I'll jump in and saying Dan. I think I think it doesn't matter who did it. I mean it does, but I don't think I think. And this goes back to your kind of story of the year where. It's not about who did it. It's about the fact that it happened and it'll probably happen again. Maybe not this exact way, maybe in a different way. But even if we don't ever prove it, it's now part of the conversation and it's now part of something we have to consider going forward. And despite the fact it was only a movie studio. Well, so I think the different, like, this has happened before, right? Like, I at some point this year, like, someone hacked a bunch of like South Korean power plants and stuff, right? Like these, these sorts of things have happened before, but they haven't really intruded upon pop culture in the way that, and not in the U S right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Like, I mean, things happen like the target breaches and things, but I feel like this has been one of the most publicized ones, maybe also because it was sort of ongoing. Like it was only, the story was a little bit dramatic um, you know, like holding holding this movie for ransom, but um, yeah, no, I think I agree. It's it's in the spotlight. Yeah, I think if you want to make a splash, hacking a movie studio and releasing celebrity emails and pay grades, and that's that's a pretty good way to go. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, Colby, how about, uh, how about your top story of the year? What was, what was big in 2014? So I'm glad we finally got the, the smartwatch thing over with. Um, <laughs> because 
I don't know. Like they've been, people have been talking about the Apple, the Apple smartwatch for like five years, like forever. Um, and I'm glad it's just done. And I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I guess we'll see when the, when the Apple watch is actually released, but I'm not sure it's actually going to like be, be that huge. Um, I think it's kind of neat, but I think it might be prohibitively expensive and I don't know, not that cool, but I guess we'll see. Um, and I'm just glad it's done with, cause I think my, so I was looking at our, our, our rundown from last year at this time. Um, and I had picked, I, I had predicted that, that wearables were going to get legit like get cool and start being crazy like google glass i thought google glass was gonna happen um it did not happen so i think uh-huh. now that i think now that we like the smart bug the smartwatch kind of thing is like out of the bag like it's done it's happening i think we'll start to see like it's happening yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think now we can start like, I don't know. Maybe maybe companies can start like doing something different. I think there's some there are cooler things that can happen, and we will see what they are in the coming year. I guess that's a mild minor prediction. Maybe it won't be this year. Maybe it won't be for a while. But I, this is this is certainly progress. I don't know. What do you guys think about like the smartwatches? That we have available i think i think i think 2014 was the year it was legitimized as a business as a product i don't know if it was legitimized as a customer desire or a customer need or even a customer want i think that has to be learned over time um but i absolutely think it was legitimized as our company needs to do this or we need a solution for this or why aren't our apps on watches um I absolutely think 2014 did that, and I think we'll just see it grow in 2015. Um, how it grows and what the form factor will be, you know, I don't know, but I mean, I bought a smartwatch in 2014, and I've seen the value from it, so uh, I would say absolutely, I think 2014, and I think in terms of, you know, I was thinking while you were talking, I said, what was the biggest smartwatch story of 2014? Like, if you had to pick one sort of leader in that space, and I kind of want to give credit I think uh, Android Wear, for me, was kind of the big watch takeaway, simply because I think they put out a compelling software platform that, while not making a big splash, did a good job of iterating upon itself, getting better over time, and setting itself up for future success, having a number of form factors, a number of providers. Um, I'm very bullish on uh, Android Wear, but maybe that's my opinion. Dan, did you have anything you wanted to... I was just going to say that... It's got to be the Apple Watch. The and even a lot of my friends, even before it was announced, and when it was Pebble, and then uh, the Gear and the the Moto 360, they were just a lot of them were just like, "Well, I'll get this until the Apple Watch comes out." Like, I really, I really want <laughs> this, but like, I'm just, I want the Apple Watch now, so I'll just get this now, and then <clears throat> when the Apple Watch comes out, I'll probably get that. They didn't explicitly say that, but that that felt like the attitude they all had. And I I really think that insofar as smartwatches are going to be a success, I think 
Apple will pull another pull an iPad. I think I don't think uh, tablets are going to be the great next uh, personal computing device like they are originally envisioned. Mm-hmm. I think the phone and all of this other stuff that we're starting to see now is going to supersede that. But uh, it's clear that Apple was leader in that space, but they were not the first. So I think I predict that the Apple Watch is going to be similar. Like I, it's not going to be a big revenue driver for them. Uh, it will certainly make them tons of money, uh, but relative to the business, I don't think it will be huge. It's just relative to the market, it will definitely be huge, I think. Wow. Seems fair. Well, that that's interesting. I um, I have my prediction on the sheet, but I actually had a second. I had to cut. I had two predictions, and I had to cut the other one. Um, and maybe I'll bring it up when we get to that section, but it, it kind of counteracts your thinking So uh, when it comes to Apple. So we'll set right. a teaser there for that. But Oh, man. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. You worst. never know. We 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 could be the doubters, the iPad doubters, and yeah. and Dan could be right. Or, yeah. or well, this... and the the number one asterisk on any single Apple Apple Watch conversation ever is it hasn't been even formally announced yet. You know, it's it's been yeah. described at best. You know, when when <laughs> when the when we all knew the iPad was coming out, and let's be honest, we all knew before the event that they were going to announce an iPad. We all thought it was going to be a thousand dollars, right? That was sort of the prediction at the time. Like, there's no way they could sell it for less than that, um, and they ended up putting it in for five hundred dollars. So, uh, we could be absolutely surprised or disappointed. I think it's it's too early to say, um, but I think you're right that 2014 kind of was a a legitima- a legitimization of the smartwatch concept. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Always, always the best way to respond uh, to a <laughs> statement like that. Uh, I will continue on and talk about my top story of the year, which apparently I stole from Dan and I didn't even know it. Um, well, I, all all <laughs> yesterday, as soon as you asked, reminded us rather, you asked us a long time ago. As soon as you reminded us of this, I was like, you know what it really is? It's this one that Sean's about to talk about. And I was so proud of myself for thinking that because I knew that you would be proud of me for saying it. But go on. Great minds think alike, Dan. No, my <laughs> my top story, and I actually came about this. I had to go to last year's uh, rundown for our prediction episode for last year to find a few things. And right around that time, I was looking at sort of the surrounding stories, and it was big news, Steve Ballmer to leave Microsoft. So it was just about a year ago. It was just in January of, of last year, well, this year. And I sat thinking about that, like, People were really unsure at the time what was going to happen with Microsoft. They didn't know who was going to replace him. Ballmer has been one of two CEOs in the history of the company. What does the future for Microsoft look like? The company had been struggling with Xbox, had a weak Christmas. Windows 8, not the greatest success. Windows Phone, slipping. Uh, They were really struggling. And Satya Nadella came in and took this approach of... We are a software company. Microsoft had devices and services was sort of the Balmer thing. Devices and services were devices and services. I never got the devices part. I got the services part. They're a great services company. I never under got, I never understood the devices part, at least excluding Xbox, um, which I still stand by should be a separate company, but that's another story. Nadella came in and said, we are a software company. We are a software company. We make software. Sometimes we'll make the hardware it goes on but primarily we're a software company and then you start seeing all these little things happening right like we're going to make better ipad apps or we're going to start rolling out 
um, Windows Phone exclusive apps on Android. Or Microsoft Band, which is a fitness tracker that works on every device and with software to support it from Microsoft. You start seeing um, faster releases coming. You start seeing smarter decisions coming in Windows 10 that we've already talked about on the show. I wrote in the doc, 2014 was the year Microsoft mounted a comeback and won. And I absolutely think they have. I am so excited for 2015 in Microsoft because I think they're making such smart decisions. They're seeing Xbox sales finally kind of meeting the PS4 we talked about last week. Um, overall, they're just making smart decisions and realizing the old Microsoft doesn't apply anymore. The rules don't apply. It's a different world. It's a world where you have to have your apps on every platform. It's a world where you have to be a little more agnostic. It's a platform where you have to listen to your customers rather than telling them what they want. Um, it's a lesson that was hard for them to learn. I think they've learned it. I'm very excited for uh, Microsoft going forward. What what a what a cool. I'm, it's kind of sad to say, but I think Microsoft's a cool company, and I feel kind of like gross saying that, but um, <laughs> I, I really I really think that's true. Uh, what what do you guys think about Microsoft? Me. I mean, I think I think you're right. I think um, they've they've done some very like on Microsofty things in the past couple of months, uh, which is kind of cool. I think especially the like them starting to release their apps on on other platforms, especially in the mobile world. I think that's like that's a big deal because. I don't know, like, I feel like for what it is, Microsoft Office is probably the best software for doing that, like, that you can get. And to, to In like, the same way that Photoshop is the best photo editing software you can get. Right, for, for business-y things. Um, and the, like, not giving people that where they are. Like, I understand they were trying really hard to make Windows Phone happen, and it really hasn't happened yet. But, but like, not giving that, that not making that available to people where they want to be is, I think, was a mistake. And, and they've, they've started to do that with, with the iOS support and stuff. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's cool. Um, I, I feel like that is good. I think they can like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see like what else they do. Uh, they also have open source, a lot of their developer tools. That, oh yeah. That, uh, that was crazy. never would have happened. So if you had, right. if you had told two year ago, Colby and Sean, when it like episode one, it'd be like, all right. December 22nd, 2014, Microsoft has released Office on all the platforms. It's free. It integrates with Dropbox. Didn't they announce yep, that? Yeah, they announced integrates that. integrates with Dropbox. Whoa. They're open sourcing the .NET framework and Visual Studio and all of these things. Never. We never would have thought. So that's why this is going to be my pick, because that's just amazing. Yeah. That... I. I kind of, to be honest, I had forgotten about um, .NET and, and Visual Studio. And, you know, I, I don't really know that much about .NET or Visual Studio because it was never accessible to me because right. I have a Mac and I write web stuff and I was in college so I didn't have any money. Like, I wasn't paying for, for you know, to, to use, to license .NET. Um, 
In fairness, I, you I, could get it for free if you wanted right, to. Right, as, as a student, I could have gotten it for free. But like the companies I was interning at were not paying to license .NET because they could just use PHP. I wish there was a Microsoft executive here to hear you say that because, oh, the tears. We could use your beautifully engineered world-class VM or you could use PHP. <laughs> Which, in fairness, yeah. Facebook did hire, I found out, a bunch of ex-Microsoft people to write their PHP VM. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, those that's people what happened, two years right? ago where they would be, uh, that I would believe you. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's really cool, though, because, I mean, from everything I hear coming out of, you know, that Microsoft developer land, like, that stuff is really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it is because Microsoft has been at this a lot longer in, in a, like, I, I would imagine a much more controlled setting than, than um, more, more open source things kind of take. Sure. Or I guess grow. So, so I would imagine it's very different and very like the, the like, systematic enterprisey kind of structured desiring Colby part of me really wants that because I don't know. I think I've been working... using similar words, the other part of you. So if one part of you is in enterprisey and structured, uh, the, what's the other side of you? The like get shit done with jQuery part of me. <laughs> I like it. It's there one specific the library. To to be, I mean, I feel like jQuery just embodies this sort of this sort of <laughs> stuff. That, um, I don't know that that part of me is receding very quickly. <laughs> while so we're being while we're being super nerds, I'm really I was thinking about this today because I was talking to someone else about how the .NET VM is open source now, uh, and just maybe we'll we'll do a change mode on this maybe, but I really want someone. There's intermediary forms for assembly code where like you could write into an assembly language that can target any other assembly language. I want an intermediary, intermediary bytecode form that can target either the JVM or the .NET CLR. And then you can just try both and see which one is faster for your app. That cool. would be really cool. And it's possible now that it's open source. I think a lot, a lot of like there'll be a a Ruby.net instead of just JRuby as a, a competitor, and that'll be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, I right. I mean, that's totally that's totally true. And the, like, there's so many. I feel like there are so many languages and things on the JVM that like, like having another option for those, like it can only be a good thing. Yep. How's that, Sean? You, you still with us there? I, I'm I think sorry. that's I, enough. Nerd. I was watching Monday Night Football. I had no idea what you were talking about. Um, no, that's great. I'm glad we're all in agreement on Microsoft. Um, it's an exciting company. Um, and they're going to do cool stuff. So uh, that's wonderful. Those are our top stories of the year. Um, I, it'll be interesting to look back uh, this time next year to see if any of them still apply. But we've got to do predictions. And I've got something special here. I went through the archives and I pulled out the clips of us picking our predictions for what 2014 would be like. Are you guys interested in uh, in hearing these? Yeah, I am. 
Very good. Who who wants to volunteer to have their prediction heard first? Me. Our, oh, Dan. All right. Let's <laughs> uh, let's pull this up. Uh, I gotta go like this. I gotta go like this. And I think of seamless, and I think of what seamless could be without humans as an Internet of Things. Uh, your TV is a very it's a thing, but it's totally like for better or worse, neck deep in this Internet of Things business, whereas the toasters and refrigerator thing never really happened. Uh, and I don't think it will happen in 2014, like I was saying. I think the robotics thing, being able to have a two-way conversation with a thing of the Internet is going to be really powerful. Like, I, I'm i blown away when I do, like, a silly Raspberry Pi or Arduino thing where, like, I can press a button and it, like, goes out and does something on the internet or something on the internet happens and a light turns on. Like, that's so cool, but so rudimentary. And when we have these uh, more capable machines that can uh, pick up things we want to return to the store or deliver things to our house, uh, I don't even know. Like, there are so many things I could do, and I want it. All right, we're back live. Dan Miller, last year you picked the Internet of Things uh, as sort of being the uh, the future in 2014. How do you feel about your pick now? Uh, they didn't do it. They, did... <laughs> they <laughs> didn't do it. No. No. Did we make any progress at least, do you feel? I have a cool smoke detector. I don't know. I think we... So so this is this is my 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 prediction for for the the coming year is a little related but yeah i mostly agree with you that they did not do what i want yet although the samsung uh, samsung the amazon drones hadn't been announced yet that's true and that they, they that didn't announce closer. that yeah when was that announced you should be able to do a uh, a control f in the dock uh, or you can just Google it. Um, I, no, I, uh, I I think there was a lot of progress made. I I I do not think we have robots bringing us and taking. Oh, it was away. it was announced uh, December first, twenty thirteen. No, so we knew about Never it. Never mind. They didn't even. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I I stand by you. I think we've made a lot of progress. There's a lot more smart things. I think the smart things are better. I think more of the smart things talk with each other. Like so, what though? Here's here's my thing though. I think what we have right now, like, for the most part, we have a bunch of things that, like, gather data. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, I'm just not that excited about that. Like, I think there is a certain amount of value in that. And I think even even with something like Nest or, so, like, the, the thermostat anyways, like, it does, you know, it does control your heat, right? Like, that's, that's kind of a legitimate thing. But I think for the most part are, are things that you would think of as the Internet of Things are, like, they gather data. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's, like, kind of monitoring more than, like, doing things. I've realized recently that I, I just don't care that much about, like, I don't want to see graphs of my, my walking over time because I frankly just don't care that much. It's a waste of my time. I have, like, real-life things to do. Um, like like living my life and and having experiences instead of like wow. like looking at graphs of minutia. I 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, frankly. But this is such a turnaround from the Colby of 2013. Yeah. It was. <laughs> so much has changed in the last year. Um, but I, I will say, I think like having the data, like data like that is, is what computers do best, right? Like having that data available to do things with computers, I think can be very valuable. So like all those sorts of things are like an important stepping stone to the sorts of like interactions that I want, like the kind of thing where I don't know, like where when your gro- your fridge is empty, you know, milk shows up at your door without you asking for it or something. Um, like that's what I want. I want my like real physical life to start actually like physically inter inter interacting. I don't know. I I just want it to work better. My my actual life to to happen better. Um, and I think, so I think Apple Pay is a decent example of that. I think Apple Pay is kind of cool. And there are other things like Apple Pay, like in Boston, a lot of places use Level Up, which is, it, it's like a QR code thing, which I never thought would be useful, but it turns out it's kind of nice to like pop open the app on your phone and just like stick it in front of the reader. Like it works. It's super easy. Um and I think Apple Pay is a decent example of that too. And I think that's cool. And there are, um, I mean, there are more, I will say there are more like available and seemingly legitimate kind of connected sorts of things. Like you can get connected light switches that you can install in your regular light switch outlets and they connect to like either the smart things hub or whatever over XB or Wi-Fi. Um, and I would imagine there's like most of those you can do stuff with, uh, if this and that, like, I think you can do stuff, but a lot of it isn't accessible to your average person. Like it's still for the kind of technically inclined and also bored people. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a lot, I think there's, there's some things coming this year. And I think some of them will be good and some of them will be creepy. Like I'm thinking the, uh, that movie with Tom Cruise where he's walking around the mall. Mission the, Impossible. The, no, that's not the one. Vanilla um, Sky. No, no, that's not, maybe it's not Tom Cruise. No, it's the, the minority uh, report. Yeah. Oh, you knew what it was, Sean. <laughs> Damn it. I always do that. You're a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was funny, but yeah, the one where he's walking around the store and the advertisements are like talking to him. Like, unfortunately I think sort that sort of thing is going to come out of this, this kind of technology, but I think we'll also get like really cool things. Um, Oh, I think Instacart is a cool thing. And Dan, your Amazon prime, your Amazon yeah, prime now that you that did up. the other day. Yeah. I think that, that is the like, on, on the other side of the equation, that is the one of the other stepping stones, like those sorts of things. And eventually yeah, those just things so are... just so everyone knows, Amazon Prime now sort of suddenly launched in uh, Manhattan, which is one-hour delivery. In my case, it was about a half an hour uh, of stuff on Amazon, selected stuff. You can only do it from a phone app. Uh, so I ordered some a battery... 
some chapsticks and a box of tissues, and it showed up in like 35 minutes on my door, uh, carried by a real human who was a super nice guy. Uh, way better experience than Seamless. Although, I also... Postmates is also a way better experience than Seamless. Uh, just going to put that out there. Anyways, go on. The Internet of Things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess like Uber and Lyft are also kind of examples of that. I don't think it's I – th- I guess maybe Internet of Things is not the right word for what I want. I want like the Internet to disappear in my life to just get cooler and easier and like I don't know the less like annoying things I have to do the better cool and maybe maybe it's not better maybe I won't like that maybe next year we'll come back and be like oh my god I don't have to do anything anymore I hate my life like I want to go to the grocery store but I don't have to (laughs) Uh, my concern is going to be my fridge is going to keep thinking I'm out of milk and I'll have 38 things of milk delivered to my house (laughs) That's more my concern, but I know I think that's cool, and I hope 2015 is that year. Um, I think the que- I think we'll get some of it. I think the question is how much. Are we going to have drone deliveries? Probably not. Are we going to have automatic deliveries? I don't even think so. But even if it's your phone learns when you leave the house every day, so there's automatically an Uber car waiting for you, you know, or, or I don't know. But I think you're right. This kind of actionable Internet of Things rather than just it listening. So it's cool. We'll, we'll hope for that. Um that's an excellent prediction, Colby. Uh, but we've got to make fun of ourselves more, so we've got more past predictions. Um, and I'm gonna, I want to play uh, Colby's. Colby, are you ready for yours? I think so. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, I think I think what I wrote down was that like wearable computing will get legit. Um, but I think what I really meant by that was that the ways we interact. I mean, I guess this sort of, this goes hand in hand with with uh, Dan Dan's Internet of Things, right? <laughs> um, but the way we interact with, I guess, the internet or the greater co- collective mind that is this network uh, is going to change a lot. So I think we're going to see a change in the way that we interact, like drastic changes in the way that we interact with our devices. Now, whether that's Google Glass, like widespread adoption of Google Glass, maybe that'll be it. Um, I I could see that being a big deal if people started using it. I could also see it kind of flopping because, uh, I don't know, like as it stands, that. people think it's pretty douchey. When yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be subtler things that you might not necessarily notice more than huge, like, game-changing devices. But, you know, whether whether it's, you know, your phone listening all the time for you to talk to it, or it always, you know, being able to always recognize a certain gesture to open the camera. You know, that those are... It's the little things that, that drive this forward, and it, it makes it realer like more physical (laughs) more more a part of real life wow all right we're back live colby how do you feel about your prediction from last year hey it sounds a lot like my prediction from this year (laughs) (laughs) just keep pushing it back yeah 
I guess this, I mean, I'm just ahead of my time, right? I think, I think my perspective has evolved a little in that, like, last year, I think I was focused more on, like, this, there's going to be, like, a device or something that, that changes my life or, you know, but I think in reality, or at least now what I think, we'll see what I think next year. But now what I think is that I don't want a device, like not having a device is what will change my life or not needing, like not, not having a device that I'm like interacting with in, in such an artificial way um, is what will, will bring about the big change. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if one year will be enough for what I'm envisioning, but I do think that at the very least we'll start to see that sort of convergence I was talking about between like the monitoring sorts of things and the, the physical, like fast, like the augmented physical things start to converge more. And, and I, I will back you up, Colby. I, I, I think you were somewhat right in that, Hmm. You kind of, at least the first part of that prediction was on interfaces. You said you didn't know what the interface was. And I think back then we didn't know. I think, and we talked about this, this was actually your top story of the year. I think we did define what the interface is. It may not be the best interface. It may not be the final interface. But I think this year we finally figured out fitness bands and watches, at least for now in the short term, are the interfaces we're going with. Um, right. So the, I, next, the next step in that right. evolutionary thing. So you may not have gotten the entire prediction right. We're going to get there. But I, I'm going to give you credit. I think you got at least a little piece of that right in that we <laughs> did figure out that part. Now we have to figure out how to make that great and how to get people to buy it. So we will see. Very good. Um, Sean, what was your yeah, prediction from well, last year? I cheated. I had two last year, if you remember correctly. As usual, I cheated and got two. So uh, why don't we play the first one uh, right now and see how I did. Here we go. The first I have is connected transportation, as I call it. Uh, We've already seen in 2013, you can now use your phone on airplanes. Uh, Apple has already made deals with companies to put iOS in the car. It's expected at CES. Uh, We're going to see Android and Audis. Um, And I think that's sort of the next logical frontier. Uh, As mobile devices become more common, we're going to see, I think... More car models have technology, so even the base model, I think you're going to start to see this stuff in. And in higher-end vehicles, you're going to see it more powerful, so using apps, using voice, um, and doing it better than ever before. So I think that's going to be, uh, as well as on airplanes, I think you're going to see Wi-Fi become more standard, higher speeds become more standard. Um, and I just think that for both safety and for you know business reasons, um, I think manufacturers are really going to, push using uh, connected devices in the car. All right, we're back live, and that was my prediction. Admittedly, a bit of a weak one. It wasn't It wasn't as ambitious as maybe some of the other predictions, but... Um, <laughs> that was probably smart of you. Yeah, I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take about a 50% on that one, in my opinion. I think, I think we saw a lot of announcements this year. I don't know how much implementation we saw. Um, you know, Dan, I think you posted an interesting thing in the chat, and I don't want to steal it because I'll let you talk about it. Oh, when you were talking about uh, integrating uh, sort of the mobile technology <laughs> and the cars, uh, the first thing I thought of was the Spotify and Uber integration, which I have, again, I have I think I mentioned on the show, I've used Uber more in the past month than I have in my entire life by a factor of two at least. And 
and both times I was in an Uber, like a regular Uber, not an Uber X, they were like, hey, do you want to put your music on the car through the Spotify app? Which I never did because it felt weird. Uh, but <laughs> it, it is a cool integration. We have these phones. Why can't they talk to the car that we happen to be in? Uh, why not talk to the elevator that we happen to be in? Like, that would be kind of stupid. Uh, but I, you know, it's things that aren't crazy or groundbreaking that really make this stuff cool. Yeah, and I think Uber is a great test ground for that. The problem with transportation is the lead time is so long. And especially now that I work in a company that is associated with making parts for cars, like the lead time for this stuff takes forever. So it's like, oh, Apple's going to make CarPlay. Okay, it's like three years until it's in the high-end <laughs> models and 10 years till it's oh, in man. your car. Um, <laughs> you know, so I I've, I think I talked on the show. I had the experience of using a Ford ex- uh, Escape with um, the, the, Ford, uh, the Ford Sync in it. And it was like a brand new model, and it was a piece of garbage. Uh, and it was like, it was like a 2014. So um, I, I don't think we're there yet, um, and I think it'll be a long time. So I – yeah, that, that wasn't a good prediction on my part. But, but I, I stole – I took a second. I took a second. So let's, let's listen to quickly to, to my second prediction. My, uh, my other quick prediction, and this was actually going to be my biggest story of 2013, and then I realized I don't know if it made it there in 2013 quite yet, and that's cord cutting. And mm-hmm. this shit is expensive. Like, do not get me started on how ridiculously overpriced cable is. And I think starting in 2013, and we'll see this a lot more in 2014, is this idea of cord cutting. Stopping paying your, your Comcast and your Time Warners and your DirecTVs and instead going direct to the manufacturers. This year we saw uh, Netflix and Amazon creating origi- Hulu creating original content, award-winning original content. Um, we see more and more connected devices, smart TVs, Rokus, Blu-ray players, Xboxes, Playstations um, at rates we've never seen. Chromecast released this year. We also talked earlier this year on the show about streaming gaming. Uh, and Twitch and this idea of watching uh, video game competitions is going to be big, and that's something you probably won't see on regular television, And uh, as well as user interactivity, uh, being able to use those annoying hashtags we talked about, but <laughs> also being able to, to chat in real time with stars of shows, uh, being able to interact with the show itself. Um, so I think that's what we're going to see a ton of in 2014, is new and interesting ways to connect to these shows, and also, fingers crossed, we'll see more of these shows becoming available to those without a cable subscription. All right, we're back live, and that was my prediction of uh, cord cutting and how that impacts the future. And uh, I think I won this one. I think I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to take credit on this one. I think I did it. Um, and you are welcome to disagree. But um, hey, I might have won if I had two predictions, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Just make a – just quantity, not quality. Um no, I honestly, I really do feel like this was, I, I think this was the year in terms of mindshare cord cutting took over. I think next year will be the year the things actually get released and get used and get implemented. But I think yeah. this was finally the year where we saw record numbers of streaming devices like Roku's and Chromecast being sold. We saw a ton of announcements, whether it's HBO probably being the biggest, but even CBS launching theirs. NBC said they're probably going to do one. Uh, these kind of over-the-air streaming. PlayStation View we talked about on the show. Um, and we talked the other week about how uh, you know a record number of people are are cutting the cable. So um, I, I, think, I think this this 
for me, is kind of that turning point year where you're going to see that chart that was slowly growing is now going to hockey stick and is suddenly going to uh, shoot up. So uh, I think I, I won. <laughs> but, but, but you're welcome to disagree. No, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think so the CBS, so HBO, I, I would have been like, you know, they got to do it sometime. Like they gotta, they, it's, I don't know. It almost seems like free money to me that they're just like passing up of people that aren't paying for it. I could be wrong. Cause maybe people start dropping their cable subscriptions for HBO, but who knows? Um, but like CBS, that surprised me. Um, and I think that's pretty cool because I feel like CBS is kind of like that's what people watch TV on sort of um, for as far as network television goes. Um, and then, I mean, I think the original content is certainly true for Netflix. Like net, there is a shitload of Netflix original content on Netflix right now. Um, I think that's less so on on Amazon streaming, though. Uh, I don't. I don't think they quite succeeded in the way they had hoped. Um, but yeah, no. I think. I think your your that trend will will continue. Um, the The future looks bright for that sort of thing. That kind of the dream of like paying for the the television channels that you actually want. That that sounds kind of cool, right? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, until HBO comes out at fifty dollars a month, you know. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I don't know what what price is sustainable. Like, like if CBS, NBC, Fox, you know, TNT, AMC, and everyone else and their brother have their their own subscription channel, like how <laughs> how many of those can you actually pay for before you're paying like a gajillion dollars more than your cable bill ever was? Um, but then again, how much TV can you watch? I think we answered that question. Something crazy. Yeah. Sean's not even watching. He, I, he's, I, he's, he's watching the game. I need or the something. Broncos to lose. <laughs> no, no, but I was listening. I, and I think you're exactly right uh, with whatever you said. Um, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue. I've got one more video to play, but we're going to hold it off because it's amusing. Um, but first, I, I want Colby, we talked through your prediction, which was a great prediction. Thanks. But Dan, you and I, we have to do ours. Our predictions for 2015, Dan, what will be the big story in 2015? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'll continue in my tradition of predicting things that probably won't happen. <laughs> but I could see it happening where VR starts to become a thing, kind of like wearables came into the public consciousness. I think, I guess, I'm guessing that there will be a lot of new companies around virtual reality because Facebook has shown that there's money to be made doing it, uh, that there's an appetite for companies doing some risky stuff in that space. So I think we'll start to see more companies and more Kickstarters. I th think we'll see Oculus finally bring something to market and that, start, that stuff start to take off. And we might even see applications beyond gaming, which is what Facebook is interested in, the the next social network, the, uh, what was that Neil Stevenson book? Da, 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 Snow Crash, where Snow Crash and Ready Player One, where the, the real world is, isn't the physical world anymore. It's this the matrix that you log into from your computer where you do crazy things that aren't even possible in the real world. 
That's my guess. That's my prediction for 2015. I don't think we'll see like much beyond gaming in VR. I think like what we do see will be like kind of like toy, like experimenty stuff. But I think like the way to market for VR is, is, it seems pretty clear to me. What happens when you combine um, Facebook and Facebook games and Oculus Rift? Is that still a game anymore? I don't know. Maybe. Like maybe not. what? What happens when it's it's a uh, what's that farm farm table? What's that thing called? Farmville. Farmville. You've been hanging out in Brooklyn too long with your farm to table, Dan. <laughs> farm. <laughs> yeah, Farmville. <laughs> Farmville, a terrible game, a social game though. What happens if it's virtual reality or it's not Farmville? It's something similar. It's like a gamified thing where you're just. Wandering around, hanging out with your friends, like, doing some like crazy, yeah, like Minecraft. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what it would be. And people already play the crap out of that so much that uh, Notch bought a twenty million dollar mansion 70, in Beverly Hills. Seventy million dollars. Seventy million. 70. I just <laughs> want to get mind. that clear. Seventy million. Which someone promptly made in Minecraft, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I. It could be we are people are already playing Minecraft like crazy. What happens when you combine Minecraft and Facebook and VR or something like that? I could see it being I mean, huge. Is it not a game anymore though? Like that's what I mean. I think that at least game in the sense of Facebook's a game. It has yeah, points. You're you're right. Facebook is a game. Um I don't know. See, I feel like Facebook becomes sort of, well, Facebook proper, like Facebook as you think of Facebook, as I say Facebook, becomes kind of irrelevant in the, well, certain aspects of it become irrelevant when you can sit down in a in a fake room with people. But I think that's why Facebook was interested in it in the first place. Yeah. Though I will say uh, one thing I just thought of that – may or may not make me eat my words. I feel like there are business implications to this sort of thing. Like imagine if you, if you were, I don't know, for, for Etsy or example, or HubSpot have both have uh, international offices. Like imagine if you needed to um, like meet with some people in a different, different place. Like if you could sit down in a conference room, pop on your headset oh, and all be in the same room. For, for me, that crosses the line into gimmick that, that, I, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it might be okay. It might be cool. I mean, video Sean, what's the difference between that and those giant things that cover the other side of the conference Dan, room so it makes it look like you're sitting across from them? What's Dan, the difference? Those are also a gimmick. What, what okay, is but people eat that crap up. Yeah, because it's a gimmick. I mean, it's like, I no, do I, do I think there will be... I watched a fantastic video... And I don't know if it was on YouTube or where it was. And it was like IBM or some company all about how they were going to have meetings in Second Life. Remember Second Life? And they, yeah, they, they trained that was, that was IBM. hundreds of people, spent hours learning how to do Second Life because, oh, the future, we're going to do meetings in Second Life. It's just a, a fad. Like, I tried video meetings. and st- I don't know. I, I don't want to get off topic, but I just. You don't like video meetings in general? Not not in my business. No. Hmm. No, we're in the fast place pa- plastics biz, Dan. No time for video. <laughs> Actually, we we bought one of those really expensive like 
multi-thousand dollar video conference desk things and it broke promptly so maybe we're not the right people <laughs> um no when when it comes to virtual reality i think every fiber of my being uh says there's no way this will work and there's no way this will be a success and then i think of what we would have said three or four years ago about smartwatches. no yeah. way will that ever catch on I mean, Sean, have you have you gotten to try an Oculus yet, though? Barely, like for two seconds. So, no, I haven't had an immersive yeah. experience. So I think those combined, that's why I'm going to say I'm going to give you some credit, and I think this is possible. I don't know if next year will necessarily be that I, year. This year also wasn't the year of the smartwatch. Next year's going to be it. That's Everybody, what I'm saying. Well, it's going to take multiple years, but I think you're right. Next year may be the year we finally acknowledge, wow, this could be something, which was what and this I, year yeah. was for watches. But... We'll know it's happening if, especially around CES time, we see just a whole, like, a smartwatch 3D TV level, 4K TV level of announcements around CES time, Mm -hmm. which I think we could see. Yep. I think you're exactly right. And you can catch all the CES. I should plug our CES coverage because that's, like, literally, like, a few weeks away. So I know. I was looking. I went all the way back to the beginning, and I was... To our first episode of 2014, oh, yeah, CES, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, and we we go balls crazy on CES, so that is, like, in my opinion, one of our best shows we do each year. So look look forward to that in January. Um, Let me continue on and talk about my prediction, Um, and I'm going to end up giving you several. But uh, let me start with this one, which is uh, 2015 is the year Samsung loses its Android dominance. I think we've kind of seen this starting a little bit this year. They're already talking about releasing the S6 in January or February. Uh, I think one of the big, uh, I don't know if it's Mobile World Congress or the IFA, one of the big phone shows is around that time. And I think nobody's interested. I really think that Samsung took the dominance they had and shot themselves in the foot by releasing way too many phones way too quickly, flooding the market, and not innovating enough where it matters. Focusing instead on gimmicks and on, you know, oh, the screen curves around a little bit. Neat. Um, instead of doing what awesome companies like HTC and Motorola and even, you know, the the sort of up-and-coming Asian companies uh, have done, in, and even Nokia, in creating unique phone experiences. Uh, and I think Motorola is a shining example of that, of just creating a really good, solid phone. Um And I think this is going to be the year we're going to start to see those players make a bigger push into the U.S. market. And people are going to start running out their contracts on their S4 and S5. And boom, I think you're going to see Samsung sales start to slip. And and it's no longer Apple versus Samsung. It's either going to be Apple versus Google and Android or Apple versus some other competitor to be named later. Um, So, yeah, you don't have a a, uh, successor in place in your mind? I want to say... If I had to pick one, and, and I'm going to be put on the spot and, and predict it, uh, I, I think Motorola is is probably making some of the best uh, Android phones out there. Uh, but I also think HTC has a good shot. I, I would like to see Sony, honestly, do better because their phones are very well-reviewed. They just have no presence in the U.S. marketplace. Um, not that they're rolling in cash these days, but um, I don't know. Maybe the phone subsidiary gets to keep some of their money. Um but I think they have a great shot. Uh, I think even LG's phones have been have been well reviewed. So um, it's a bit of a horse race. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, 
In terms of my other predictions, I think I'm going to have to keep these ones close to the vest. I, I don't think it's fair that I, I throw... What about the one you teased? Uh, oh, the one that disagreed with you. Uh, my, and I actually had it written in the sheet and deleted it and put this one in. But it was uh, 2015 is the year Apple stumbles. And I think mm. this is... And I don't know if it'll be the Apple Watch. I don't, I don't know what it will be. But I think this is the year that 2015 will be the year that Apple makes a mistake that makes us all... Because 2014, for me, was a banner year for Apple. I think it was one of the best years they've had. Yosemite was a big success. iPhone 6 and 6 Plus record sales. iOS, iOS 8. 8. Very yeah. good. Very big. Apple Pay, I think, was a very big success. Um, even though it's not super widespread, I think at least the buzz is great. I think 2015, they're going to run into problems, and, and I don't yet know what that is. I think the watch may be a big culprit. I also think we're going to start to see some questions around their cloud abilities. As they start to ramp those up, we might start to see problems. I, I don't know yet, but I think – I just don't think Apple can sustain it, and I think they're they're kind of heading for a a, a crash course of sorts. Um, but that's why I didn't pick that because I don't know what it is, but I, I have a feeling it'll be something. Um, I just don't know what. Fair enough. Um, now I have one more video clip to play and, w- and one more small segment. So last year at the end of our predictions, I, I boldly asked if any of us had any specific predictions. So not the sort of broad, it'll be the year of virtual reality. No, specific picks. So let me, uh, let me play the clip from last year as to what we thought our specific clips were, uh, predictions were. I'm going to predict that this year, well, next year, technically, 2014, Apple will release a 13 to 15 inch iPad that will dock like a desktop and they will call it the iPad Pro. That's my prediction for 2014. Very specific. All right, all right. I like that. I predict that on Black Friday, we will have a $999 4K TV. Whoa, that name brand 4K, you think? Oh, yeah, yep. Wow. All right, we're back live. Those were our two specific picks, I think, kind of opposite ends of that same coin. Congratulations. Wait, Colby didn't have a specific pick? No, he did not. He oh, I was, was going to say, I, I I don't remember having a specific pick, so I would have been pretty surprised. <laughs> nope, so I think Dan Miller deserves congrats. I, and I actually think you beat that nine ninety nine price in a few places. So um, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. I, I did not get such accolades, though I still think it's a good idea, and I still think Apple should do it. Maybe that'll be their big stumble. They'll announce it in 2015 <laughs> yeah, they, and no one they, will want it. Their big stumble is they listen to Sean Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> Most businesses have that problem. Um, so those were our, our specific picks from last year, I, and I wanted to make the opportunity, if any one of us had any specific picks, we wanted to go on record. Oh, I wish I had thought of this before. I, 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 will, I will give you a minute cause I, because I have one, though it may not be specific enough. So you'll have to judge on how specific it is. In 2015, Google will release to mass market, not in – it may start in beta. It will be mass market by the end of the year, a labs project that is hardware and not Google Glass. Right, so maybe this is a little more specific. So might be the modular phone, might be internet balloons, might be self-driving car, might be any one of those things they're working on in the labs, quote unquote, will, and I'm going to be extra bold, I'm not going to say not even in beta, I'm going to say it is mass released, anyone can walk into a store and buy a Google Labs project. Or in the case of like an internet balloons, it is global. I mean, we'll, we'll judge it in at the end of uh, 2015, but that that is my specific pick is we're finally, finally going to see a labs project come to market. 
did did I uh, stall enough for you guys? Yeah, I think I think I have one. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. I my specific uh, prediction is that there will be a bill on some floor of the house for net neutrality. I don't know if it'll pass, but it'll it'll have been there and it at will, least and, at some point. And it will come up for a a vote. Yeah. You just won't predict the outcome of the vote. I I think that's what I mean. Maybe not. I think it'll just it'll be it'll be at least it has to have been actually yeah I'll say it'll have been to a vote by the end of next year. All right, I think I think that's a pretty a pretty good prediction, and I I think uh, yeah I agree with that. I think there's a good chance. I'm I'm gonna say, um, see it's tough because it depends on how the bill is written, so you don't really want to say whether or not you think it'll pass. Um, yeah, but but I think you're right. I think that's a good prediction. I think the bill will pass. It's just a question of well, what is, does it look like when it passes. Is the, is the bill authorizing net neutrality or banning net neutrality? Right. Well, here's I think. Whoever, however it passes, everyone, both people are going to say they're for net neutrality in this case. Like, we've lost all meaning of that word. If it ever had any. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, Colby, and anything you would, uh, you would like to predict, or are you going to sit this year out? You might be smart in doing so. Um. Hmm. I think so. I think by the end of the year, will there will be a virtual reality headset, but it won't be the Oculus. So are, now, are you saying this would be like a mass market product? Yeah, like you'll you'll be able to buy it. Not you can walk like into a, a Best Buy and, and buy it. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's like the Sony or something, like I think someone's going to try and rush something out before before. Oculus or whatever it ends up being. That's a good prediction. These are good specific predictions. I like it. Uh, and what a better tease than you're going to have to tune in next year to find out how <laughs> we did. You got to wait a whole year, but we'll uh, we'll have full results. Uh, you also have to listen in between. Yeah, you do have to listen to each and every show so you can check. Otherwise, the we won't tell we you. That's we'll right. know. I didn't honestly remember our picks last year until I looked them up. Uh, I had no idea, but uh, but I think we did okay. Well, gentlemen, what a year this has been. Indeed. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Can you believe it? 75 episodes of Don't Panic. We've been on a year and a half now. Uh, Jeez. 2014, a, a heck of a year. We'll remember you fondly. <laughs> um Bye. yeah so uh thanks to all of you out there for for watching the show throughout the year and and uh being part of the don't panic experience uh we certainly appreciate it i want to tease a couple things uh moving forward first of all uh i promised dan two plugs i'm gonna make it quick though at jazz dan if you like his writing and blog post yeah codiscraft.com codiscraft.com that's a great url um thanks. so check that out Two, I will say, don't forget, sticker giveaway, uh, coffeebeer.tv slash giveaway. And next week is a special, a double special, I'm going to say, because this week was special. Next week is even more special because we won't even be here. It's going to be a pre-tape, but it's going to be a great one because, listen, I, I understand. I'm sure you guys do, too. Not everyone can tune in for every episode. I, I think that's a high expectation, you know? Although although we managed to, so it's not that high. But <laughs> well, no, not, 
No, that's not necessarily true, because you missed the first half of last week's episode, if I remember correctly. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. So we do And I was okay. also out for that one in May, and then a couple others. Yeah, and like a whole month of shows, and yeah, it was... Uh... Right, you're right. But each week we do manage to make a set of picks, sometimes by us, sometimes by guests, and we have... Well, let's see, how many shows did we do? We do, did like... 30 or 40. No, we did, must have done like 45 shows, three picks per show. I mean, we got over 100 picks that we did this year. So we're each going to go through, pick our top three, two or three or four, I think two or three, depending on how the episode edits, uh, picks, and we're going to put it together in a clip show so you don't have to go back and watch all the episodes. We're just going to tell you our best things of 2014. Uh, look for that on the internet feeds uh, next week. Uh, there'll be audio and video in the whole shebang. Uh, and that'll be a fun special episode, and we'll be back live the week after that, Monday, January 5th, back at our website, don'tpanic.io, at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, unless things change, which is why you should follow us on Twitter, at Don't Panic Show. Uh, I try to be good about tweeting uh, when we're going to be live, in case we're not going to be live, and those kinds of things. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up the year? No. Thanks for the plugs. That's oh, uh, Dan, I will plug you anytime. Uh <laughs> Feels bad. <laughs> oh wow, that was totally over my head until just then. <laughs> Very good. Uh, thank you all out there for watching. We'll see you next year with a brand new episode of Don't Panic. But until then, good night. Peace out. This show is brewed fresh weekly by the Coffee and Beer Podcast Network. Get all our shows at our website, coffeeandbeer.tv.